No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. lovely week because I certainly did so much to get through ladies and gentlemen so little time if you'd like to follow at Boogie Bumper on Twitter go ahead you can do that if you'd like to leave a tip you know how to do it Uh, if you want to share the link out please do if not whatever thank you for joining us ladies and gentlemen it's been a hell of a time here been a hell of a time here we've got lots to celebrate tonight so I hope you brought your beverages along with you some cool refreshments Uh, now is the opportunity to charge those fucking glasses up um, a little bit of a PSA. I'm going to have to do a little bit shorter show tonight than I wanted to due to an unexpected uh, schedule clash. So I'll start off with the good news. And uh, the other good news is Saturday night, I will be joining Joy of Pessy on Joy of Pessy's program. Saturday night at midnight with Pessy. Joy of Pessy. We love Pessy. So that'll be fun. Uh, as part of his Boobaween celebrations. So very much looking forward to that. I don't know the movie we're watching. I, I know the name, but I don't know. I've never seen it. So And I won't reveal. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what kind of movie it is or not. So anyway, that'll be midnight. But thank you for joining us. Like I said, we've got much to celebrate here, boys and girls. Let's kick it off with this, shall we? So... Monday came and went, and as you know, if you watch the show on Friday, Monday, ladies and gentlemen, Freedom Day. Happy Freedom Day, everybody. Yes, that's right. The much anticipated, the highly anticipated, the outpouring of joy and emotion people were experiencing on this so-called Freedom Day when, for the first time in three months... You could sit on a on a blanket and have a picnic with four of your double vaccinated friends. I mean, fucking, hey. So it really was cause for celebration, and as you can imagine, I mean, it was like the end of World War Two here. Everybody was just so happy to get a little bit of <laughs> a few hand-picked little freedoms were given back to them, and they jumped for joy. And boy, did they jump! Now, we quickly covered this clip last night on the starting block. If you missed it, you can check out the replay. But it's worth a second look because there's much to unpack here and we have to go through it. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the coverage of Monday, the lamest Freedom Day in the history of Freedom Days on a fucking Monday night. (laughs) Monday Freedom Day as it happened. Remember where you were when it happened, when Sydney got her freedom back once again, when she was liberated, so to speak. Thank you very much. Okay. The first sip of a freedom frothy draft beer. Freedom. Fre- a freedom frothy. From the tap. How's that taste? Mate, that tastes fantastic. <laughs> really good. Great to be out of lockdown. Great to be out of lockdown, mate. Now, I love this guy because he's wearing a beer shirt to the bar on his freedom day. He's, 
You know, people wear shirts for all sorts of things, representing all sorts of things. He wanted the world to know that he stood with Tui's. I stand with the beer company. Because that's what, that's that's our that's our politics here in Australia. People who care about politics in Australia are really quite a, a rare breed. Most people care more about beer. It's a fucking fact of life. And Foggy, exactly in the fa- in the chat. To be fair, it's a fucking solid shirt, Foggy. It's it's got to be a retro, a retro fit Tui's draft shirt. So pre Tui's new. And he just couldn't wait to break it out for Freedom Day. What are you representing today, sir? I'm representing beer. Fucking all right, then. <laughs> That's our political movement in a nutshell. It ended at the stroke of midnight. Stroke. Look at this. And some... <laughs> there's, seven, there's seven people waiting to get back in this club at 12.01. This is the City Tattersalls Club, and it's kind of like a, a snooty club. Yes, people go and drink the beer there, but they also have to wear jackets, right? It's that kind of a place. So you know, it's it's all very pseudo upper class, and there's a lot of leather and shit around everywhere. But seven people, ladies and gentlemen, turned up at 12.01 on Monday morning <laughs> to hit the club. Look at that. Couldn't- Look at the joyous celebration that's taking place here beer to wait a minute longer. Across Sydney, many clubs threw their doors open. Also your, um, this will encourage responsible drinking. <laughs> now, drink alcohol responsibly. And yes, of course, we do have to get the guy on the news clip here. Very conveniently, the security guard leaning in and saying, uh, excuse me, mate, can I just see your vaccine passport? Certainly, sir. Wow, freedom. (laughs) Look at all of this freedom happening here, right in front of you. Fuck, you should be so lucky. Many clubs threw their doors open. Also your um, proof of vaccination. Proof of vaccination, please, sir. Freedom meant a glass half full. Oh, thanks, Wendy. For the double jabs. (laughs) Thanks, Wendy. Thanks for the freedom drink. Ah, a nice, cool, refreshing glass of double-jabbed freedom. How do you like that, huh? Well, you know, these days, uh, I'm afraid freedom does come with uh, responsibilities. And I'm not going to get lectured by people about freedom who are holding us back. So here we understand. Look, just show your passport, show your, your proof of vaccination, and in you go. Freedom is all yours. Uh, Unfortunately, we can only let four of your party of ten in because we do have to comply with the social distancing rules here in this freedom establishment. In this establishment, we respect freedom. That's why we make you scan in and stand in an area where you can all stand a metre apart from each other because we care about your freedom. Freedom! I won't let you down. Happy Freedom Day, everybody. Thank you. Cheers. Or perhaps a trolley full to overflowing. Kmart was chaos. Now, for my American brothers and sisters, Kmart is a shittier version of Walmart. It is. It looks like Walmart. It smells like Walmart. But, brother, it ain't fucking Walmart. All right? It's got all of the stuff that Walmart has except for the cool stuff. No, you can't buy ammo there, for example. No, you can't buy, like, 
lunch there, for example. It's just, it's Walmart with all of the fun sucked right out of it because it's Australia. And if you don't believe me, just think, we have our Freedom Day on a Monday. That's how boring we are. That's how lame we are. So it's a shittier version of Walmart. So all of these people <laughs> lining up at like, you know, during the middle of the night to, to go into a shittier version of Walmart and buy shit. Like, like I think that's an electric fan there. Uh, there's a, you know, there's a... There's a plastic kind of waste paper bin that somebody needed some, you know, apparently, look at the bottom of the trolley there. Apparently we needed, you know, one of those little rubbish bins, a little trash can, if you will. You know, the ones with the little foot pedal on it (laughs) that opens the lid. People have them in the office or in the bathroom for like paper, you know. So it's, you know, we just had to line, we had to get down to the store on Freedom Day and pick ourselves up a nice little... A nice little littered rubbish bin <laughs> because we just had to have it. I mean, people are fucking nuts. So <laughs> apparently this is all evidence of how wonderful and magnificent Freedom Day is. And then, of course, the other aspect of this is the other, you know, the other party in this capitalistic arrangement is all of these people are lining up in the middle of the fucking night to hand somebody else their money. Because, hey, we couldn't go one more day without that new bathrobe. <laughs> so we have to get down there at two in the morning and wait for an hour to give somebody money for this crap, for this stuff. Isn't it grand? Happy, f- this is how we celebrate Freedom Day. Kmart was chaos in the early hours. And you chaos. should see how many people are here. It's crazy. I love that guy because he's like, you should see how many people are here. It's crazy. And it's like, yes, but you're there too, mate. You're there documenting it. You went down there to buy a littered rubbish bin or a new bathrobe or something. And you saw all of the other people there and you thought, hey, I'll do a social media thing for it. Do a little video, go, look at all this. Look at this crazy amount of people. It's like, yeah, but you were there too. Come on. It's like if you're the only person to walk out of a school shooting alive, then of course you're going to be a suspect. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what happened in there. I mean, it's crazy. Look at that. No, no, I was just walking past, I swear. Nothing to do with me, bro. I'm just here documenting it. I'm a citizen journalist. How many people are here? It's crazy. Crazy. And this was the midnight lineup for Spotlight. Now, Spotlight, Spotlight is where you buy fabrics and little doodads for arts and crafts activities. Look at this fucking cute. You know, you buy fabric to sew things and little diamontes to stick on leather vests. Not leather vests, pardon me, denim vests. Don't ruin your leather vests with diamontes. But you buy all those sort of little knick-knacky little pieces of crap <laughs> at that shop. They're lined up down the fucking street. What are we doing out here? What is going on in this country, ladies and gentlemen? End of their fabric fast. Three, fabric fast. Two, one, two. In Penrith, they counted down to their first gym class in months. Burning off that lockdown energy. Welcome. And here, the excited jig of a couple who booked in for haircuts at 12.01 a.m.
Modern corporate media genuinely reminds me. It might be a crude comparison, but I'm going with it. It genuinely reminds me of, you know, the media operation in the Hunger Games movies. Oh, and now pledges are just there. Now, girl on fire. You were just fucking amazing out there. You know, that kind of so obvious, sarcastic, spitting in your face. Like, you know, it's become the exploit. It's become the kind of stomping ground. It's become the self-pleasure zone for, you know, the kind of snooty upper middle class amongst us. I mean, look at this. Hey, hey, guys, it was all worth it. You got to have a haircut. And it doesn't take much, does it? Because now, after a few months, um, people look at, people look to the you know the elected officials and the bureaucratic uh, bureaucratic you know departments and what have you, which slowly chipped away and they would word it differently they would say you know managing (laughs) during a pandemic or something but what they how they did that was by just slowly stripping away little little pieces of uh, liberty from here and there and everywhere right and you know after just three short months the population is now of the mind that when they get a few of these little scraps back a few of these bits and pieces get handed back to them. It becomes a celebration. Let's pop champagne and thank the thank the leaders for giving us these freedoms again. You know, there's no there's no kind of attitude of um, how come they took our freedoms away in the first place. Uh, we're still kind of okay now. Now, how about the rest of them? You know, there's none of that. Just like, hey, be thankful for what you get. Let's book a haircut and pop champagne and celebrate. Thank you, Freedom Day. Woo. And so in that respect, it reminds me, like I said, of the media in The Hunger Games, where it's just, it's just for the, you know, the wealthy people in District 1 to applaud themselves and say how wonderful the leadership is. And look at, look at the privileges we have here. And those, you know, those dirty kind of diseased uh, people out there in the industrial estates and whatnot. Well, we'll we'll start making sure that we check their status before they come into our buildings. You know, we'll line them up. Have you got your vaccinated passport on you today, sir? I mean, and do you have a jacket? <laughs> Remember, we do require jackets in the dining room. We don't allow your kind in here. So isn't it wonderful on Freedom Day? And as you can guess, as you can well imagine, Freedom Day, very popular amongst the peasants, ladies and gentlemen. It's like being in the castle when they said, tell him he's dreaming. And now it's Freedom Day. And that's the way it goes. It's all about Australia and freedom and it's super fantastic and I've got my lovely family and it's just the most brilliant day and we're so so happy and we're so Australian and it's like Mel Gibson in Braveheart you know like we're going we're off we're happening it's it's all about Australia
know what though? I can't. I can't hate her. I can't. Because <clears throat> it looks. It looks to me like Mum had one too many shandies. Okay. I reckon Mum's been drinking since about ten in the morning. There. Right? <laughs> and she's feeling a little braveheart right now. She's feeling like she could run headfirst into the awaiting hail of arrows sent forth by the archers of King Edward Longshanks. She's ready to die for this shit. <laughs> it's just like William Wallace in Braveheart. I'm sure, I'm sure William Wallace was running up. Say, you know, Hollywood always blurs history. So, you know, in the movie Braveheart, you see William Wallace portrayed by Mel Gibson, and he runs into battles with, like, a two-handed sword and starts chopping people's limbs off and stuff. That's not actually historically accurate. What really happened at the Battle of Stirling... Oh, I, I fucking nailed it. I got there in the end, but I was struggling. At the Battle of Stirling, William Wallace actually ran into the opposing armies with holding a glass of champagne like this woman is here. <laughs> They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. I mean, it's just so Australian, like that Scottish guy, William Wallace. She does kind of look like she's about to smash the glass over the reporter's face, though, as well, doesn't she? What you say, cunt? <laughs> smash. How are you enjoying your freedom day? Fuck out of my face, cunt! Don't fuck up my freedom day. She's doing well. And it's all about freedom. And it's all about thank freedom. Thank you so much, everybody. We love it. We thank you so much, everybody. See what I told you? Three short months. Three short months is all it takes to... Three short months is all it takes to kind of develop a society-wide Stockholm syndrome to your captors. The very same people who are, you know, coercing and, and saying if you do the wrong thing, like if you do, if you try to do normal things while you're unvaccinated, then I'm afraid we're going to have to arrest you for violating the public health order. So the same people who are arresting you are the ones you are now thanking for being allowed the privilege of perhaps going to a bar and having a, a glass of beer only if you, you know, tick the various medical guidelines first. And we're now thanking them for the privilege. Thank you so much. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you, William Wallace. This is a fun one. Long-awaited New South Wales Vax Pass criticised by security expert over seemingly obvious shortfall. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <clears throat> so, okay, this sounds interesting. Hey, maybe somebody's going to bring up a, you know, a relevant privacy concern, huh? What do you think? How about this? Press one in the chat if you think this story is going to be something constructive about, well, the vaccine passport does perhaps blur some lines around privacy and medical privacy and whatnot, and we should be conscious of that. Or press two in the chat if you think that this is a diversion and we're going to get, you know, kind of T-boned at an intersection here, and it's not going to be a positive story at all. What do you think? One or two? 
Long-awaited New South Wales Vax Pass criticised by security expert over seemingly obvious shortfall. Press 1 in the chat if a good story. Press 2 in the chat if a not a good story. <laughs> See what you think. Uh-oh. Well, you are sceptical little Simons out there, aren't you? Everybody, it's wall-to-wall twos, ladies and gentlemen. They don't think this is going to be positive. Well, let's just see how that works out for you. One vital detail may have been overlooked in the rollout of the Vax Pass for New South Wales residents on Friday, according to a digital privacy expert. Okay, sounds good. The new Service New South Wales phone app's additional feature, which, quote, listen to this, streamlined the existing check-in system. Yes, streamlining. (laughs) Streamlined. Streamlined is one of our favourite words here on the show because streamlined is usually um, rotated in. Streamlined is usually used in exchange for things like uh, removing oversight. Such is our experience here on this show. You know, when a department or somebody in some kind of authority position says, no, this is about streamlining the service, it usually means we're we're removing various protections and oversights from the system. (laughs) So it can just be more oppressive. Oh, good. So it's more efficient now, you see. It's streamlined. You see how this works. The new service New South Wales phone app's additional feature, which streamlined the existing check-in system with the user's vaccination status, has attracted criticism over, over a seemingly obvious flaw. The new function, while equipped with the Waratah logo hologram and rotating QR codes, doesn't present the user's photo identification. <laughs> Oh boy, that's that's right. You heard that correctly. The security flaw, ladies and gentlemen, is that it doesn't require photo ID. (laughs) I tell you, not not attaching a photo ID aspect to the vaccine passport, I tell you what, we're just putting people at risk. (laughs) We need to get their photo attached to this account as soon as possible so we can protect them. Remember the story we did last week, the video we did last week, right? In Russia at the train station. Face scanning video technology, which is linked to your bank account in Russia. And as you walk through the train station, the camera scans your face and then just takes the fare right out of your account right there and then. You don't even have to enter a password or anything. And the reason they're rolling that out at the train station is because they've already had it at the supermarket and it worked so well. (laughs) And here we are, you know, good. Look, guys, I think we're moving in the right direction when it comes to a vaccine passport. Unfortunately, we're overlooking one very serious security flaw here. We aren't requiring photo identification to go with it. (laughs) 
Remember when they used to say things like, you can never be too safe? Um, objection. If the last few years have taught us anything, it is that we can definitely be, quote unquote, too safe. Well, you can never be too safe, right? No, actually, you can. When you when you start putting people, you know, in solitary confinement and stuff to keep them safe, that's when we're, you know, that's when things become an issue. <laughs> so yes, you can be too safe. I'm afraid, but people have concerns, don't they? There's a lot of concerns out there, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not one to sniff at somebody's concerns. So. Uh, we've had our Freedom Day. A few people were allowed to go to the bar. It's just like William Wallace, and it's all because we're Australian and fuck yeah and all that stuff. You've lined up at shitty Walmart. Now, our cousins in Victoria, the uh, state directly to the south of my own, they're talking about their own version of Freedom Day, which is apparently a few weeks away, maybe a month away. Who knows? They love a lockdown down there. The most lockdown city in the world is Melbourne. So they love a good lockdown. Who knows when they'll come out of it? They might come out of it four or five years from now. Who knows? <laughs> so they're down there. They're talking about their own Freedom Day. But of course, have you considered this? What if it's too soon, ladies and gentlemen? What if it's too soon to have freedom again? Well, lucky for us, we do have an expert who thinks exactly that. Let's have a look. Well, as Sydney celebrates the end of... Yes... Well, as Sydney celebrates the end of lockdown, Melbourne's very own Freedom Day could come a week ahead of schedule. Mm. With October 21, earmarked... Ah, just two more weeks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Just two more weeks. It was three more weeks, now it's two more weeks. Oh, thank you for keeping us safe, Mr Government. As the new day, Victoria will hit that magic 70% double-dose target. The, magic, more, we- the magical 70% double-dose target. It's magic, you know. <laughs> Joined by clinical epidemiologist <laughs> Professor Nancy Baxter in Melbourne. Go, nice Ms. to see Baxter. you this morning and, and nice to know that freedom is close for Melbourne, but... <laughs> Freedom is close. It's nice to know freedom is close. Wow, how nice and lo- yes, it's lovely. I'll whip up some tea and scones now to celebrate freedom being so close. Thank you so much. Thank you for thank thank you to our leaders for slowly edging freedom ever so closer to us. Thank you for thank you for dangling a few freedoms out in front of us there. I really appreciate that. Cheers, bro. Thanks, bro. Good job, everyone. Well done, everyone. You earned this. You earned this. This target. For more, we are joined by clinical epidemiologist Professor Nancy Baxter in Melbourne. Nice to see you this morning, and and nice to know that freedom is close for Melbourne. But hospital numbers have more than doubled in the past fortnight. That Uh-oh. must be a real worry. Yes, everything's a worry. Yeah, and the case numbers are up too. Um, so, you know, our Freedom Day, well, I'm not going to call it Freedom Day. I don't like to call it Freedom Day. Hang on a minute. She sounds like a North American to me. What the fuck is this? How the fuck did she get into the country? 
Is this Yankee Doodle, my fucking dandy, going to come over here and tell us what to do, huh, fucking bitch? (laughs) What the hell is going on here? (laughs) Jim N-word in the chat. Who is Canadian? Foreign cunt. (laughs) Intruder alert. I thought we had quarantines. What's going on? Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Shouldn't you be giving this interview from a secured hotel room? Where men with guns patrol outside in the hallway? I mean, we're all for safety here. Here at Team YouTube. Um, our day when we loosen restrictions, actually, there's going to be a lot more risks. There are risks right now. There's more risks. There's, there's risks now, but when people start going back to work, there's going to be even more risks. I was, I was talking uh, to my mate Greeno last night on the starting block who was talking about, you know, his kid's school situation, right? Where, um, you know, they're going back to school, but they, they were two days away from the kids going back to school or something. And then some kind of alert, uh-oh, COVID sprung up again in the school, so now we're shut for another two weeks. And, you know, we were talking about, we do, you do realise, don't you, at some point that this can't go on forever. And people don't really grasp this yet. I think people are now ready to live in this perpetual kind of system of, you know, you, your kid goes to school and at any moment you could just get a text message that says, oh, by the way, sorry, your kid's going to have to be home again for two more weeks. Like, what if you're working during the day while the kid's ex- at school, right? Yeah, people have to plan their lives ab- around some kind of continuity. But no, at, you know, at least for now and the, for the foreseeable future, it appears as though people's lives in this respect are going to be kind of ruled by the text message. You know, the phone will tell you what to do. You'll get a text message telling you what to do, and then you'll do that. Um, but that doesn't really work for me. I need to work while my kid's at school. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Two weeks. It's just the way it is. Hey, sorry. Sorry about that, fella. We've got to keep people safe. You know, so at some point... At some point, this is going to have to happen. What's going to have to happen is at some point, and this might be like offensive to people and, you know, I'm not trying to spread medical misinformation or anything, but at some point, what's going to have to happen is a student will be in school and it will be discovered that that student has COVID, right? And then the, the student will be told, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go home and follow the, the, you know, the procedures and the rest of you boys and girls back to work. You do understand that that's going to have to happen at some point. Because you can't just continue living in a cycle of, okay, school's open a few days and then what? A COVID case, so everyone home for two weeks and then we'll just text you what we're doing. No, you can't do that to people. So I don't know if people are ready for that because there's always going to be risk. It's the nature of the game. ...are up too. Um, so, you know, our Freedom Day, well, I'm not going to call it Freedom Day. I don't like to call it Freedom Day. <laughs> our Freedom Day, wait, I'm not going to call it Freedom Day. I don't like to call it Freedom Day, but you just called it Freedom Day. Okay. Freedom Day. Um, our day when we loosen restrictions, actually, there's going to be a lot more... That's not as catchy, though. Let's not call it Freedom Day. Let's call it our day when we loosen restrictions, although more accurate is not catchy. Therefore, the media will not run with it. Because it doesn't present the leaders as heroes. You can present a leader a leader like a hero if you call it fucking Freedom Day. If you call it a slow rollout of previously held freedoms under government supervision day, then nobody's going to be in favour of it. 
but that's really what it is. There are risks. There are risks right now in Sydney for sure, but there are going to be even more risks in Melbourne because you know when you open up, you start to increase mobility, you increase mixing, and so the case numbers are going to increase. There's still a lot of people vaccinated, uh, unvaccinated. So in in uh, ah. New South Wales, although their vaccination numbers are great and they've done a fantastic job getting. Good job, New South Wales. The constant little pats on the back that you get as a population these days. The little dog treats that you're afforded is, is really something. Hey, well, jo- well done, everybody. Good job, New South Wales. Now, you've followed the rules for a good few months and whatnot, so here's a little bit of your freedoms back. Well done. Well done. Good job, everyone. Well done. <laughs> you earned this. People out. You know, there's still, when you look at the whole population, it's still probably only about 57, 58% of the whole population uh-huh. are vaccinated. So at least 40% of people in New South Wales are not fully protected wow. with the vaccine. Right. You have more that have had one dose, but um, yep. still about 40% of people are not completely protected. Mm. It's even more in... Um, but they, they keep saying things like not co- 40% are not completely protected. But we, come on, darling. We know the 60% are not completely protected either. See how they flip-flop between this? Right? So when they're trying to sell the idea, they say, well, you have to get both of them to be completely protected. They'll open you, openly use that language. Pro- completely protected. But then when you point out, okay, well, this person had both and they got sick, that's when they turn it back on you again and say, only an idiot thinks you get complete protection. Uh, uh, excuse me, dummy, vaccines aren't a cure. Well, it's like, hang on, but yesterday you you said in order to have complete protection, I need this. And then when I point out somebody who had complete protection got it, got the the virus, you say, you don't get complete protection, that's ridiculous. You see what I mean? It's just constant gaslighting. It, it, It either, it either... It either devours you or you devour it. <laughs> I'm sad to say. You either go crazy or you embrace the fact that, you know, we're now living in clown world and you just kind of run with it. Exactly. You don't get science, says to Charlie in the chat. All right. What else have we got here? This looks like a fun one. So I'm Constable Weston from Maroubra Police Station. Uh- okay, so this uh, guy is filming. He It looks like he's being written a ticket <clears throat> by the cops. If he's from Maroubra Police Station, then I'm guessing this is Manly Beach or somewhere. It looks, looks kind of like Manly Beach. I don't know. I don't, don't go around Manly very often. So it kind of looks like Manly Beach. And it looks like this cop's writing him a ticket. So he's whipped, as, as people do these days, whip the camera out and start filming. All right, let's see what you got. Weston from Maroubra Police Station. Uh, as I said before to you, uh, sunbathing is not an essential reason to be outside. <laughs> oh dear, my boy. Oh my dear boy. Oh boy. That could be the most un-Australian thing I have ever heard. And, and look, I'm an, I'm not even a big sunbathing guy. I'm not. I'm a nighttime guy. I'm a night owl. So, <laughs> but saying saying to an Australian on the beach, 
that uh, you know, sunbathing, laying on the beach is not essential. Is I would I would assume that's akin to treason. That can't be that can't be allowed, surely. And were at another time, that's perhaps when the peasants would, you know, storm the castle and say, enough, enough with this tyranny. <laughs> we shall not be denied the right to lay on the beach in Australia. But apparently now uh, you get written a ticket. And isn't it lovely? So you can be alone on a deserted beach and you're, you are at that point a public health risk. Still, we're still doing this game. We're still doing this dance. 18 months later. And now after three months of lockdown, people come out and celebrate. Thank you for giving thank you for giving us some of our freedoms back. Oh my god, they're so brave. Our leaders are so good at this. They listen to the experts. We trust the science. How can we go wrong? Of course it's the right thing to do. Don't be on the wrong side of science, bro. I'm requesting your identity because I suspect you're committing an offense. You must provide that identity to me, okay? okay. And we'll investigate further. <laughs> Arresting a sunbather on the beach. Now, show me your papers, literally. For me, sunbathing is not essential. He's yeah. Irish. Yeah. Okay, he's Irish. Fuck him. <laughs> Just letting you know, our boy Wolfie is also recording. Thanks. Okay, thank you very much. And your your stance as well is the exact same as this gentleman? Yeah, I agree. You may be potentially breaching the public health order at this point in time. Okay, do we believe that the public health order is superseding common law? Is it Okay, we're not we're not arguing points of law with you. <laughs> hey, hey buddy, this isn't about the law. I'm the police. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the cops saying to you, look, buddy, this has got nothing to do with the law. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Fun, give me with a diamond. Remember the couple arrested for fucking on a rock? Yes. But it was more than a rock. They went up to a cliff face somewhere. It was like a day and a half of hiking just to get up there. Look, buddy. (laughs) Excuse me. Officer, what am I being arrested for? Hey, buddy, this has got nothing to do with the law, okay? So just shut your mouth. Look, mate, I'm not here to discuss, what do you call it? The law? (laughs) I'm just writing you a ticket. This has got nothing to do with following the law, okay? Don't be an idiot, sir. We're acting on the public health order. You Mm -hmm. need to be outside for an essential reason. You are in a a hot hot spot zone for the COVID virus. A hot spot zone. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Unfortunately, we must enforce. So, like, you've got to be outside for an essential reason. Laying on the beach, just having a sunbathe, like, it's not an essential reason to be outside. I know. Now, we're going to look further into whether you are committing an offence. We're going to look further into it. We're going to investigate. (laughs) We're going to get... We're going to... Oh, we're going to get the crime lab onto this. Pick up his towel, take it back. We're going to analyse it. (laughs) Fuck me. New York City judge blocks unvaccinated father from seeing daughter. uh, Quote, not in the child's best interests. About time. Some, at least, thank fuck, somebody is it now at least thinking of the children. A New York City judge has barred a father from visiting his three-year-old daughter unless he's vaccinated against COVID-19 or submits to weekly tests, ladies and gentlemen. 
Justice Matthew Cooper ruled in the divorce hearing, allowing the father to visit his daughter in person while unvaccinated is, quote, not in the child's best interest, according to the Post. The father, who was unnamed in the court's opinion, who was unnamed in the court's opinion, has already recovered from the COVID-19 virus. Oh, okay. So he's just one of these former, former infected that we've heard so much about. Here in person, parental access by defendant is not in the child's best interest and there are exceptional circumstances that support its suspension, Cooper wrote on October 7. The dangers of voluntarily remaining unvaccinated during access with a child while the COVID-19 virus remains a threat to children's health and safety cannot be understated. So the judge is now a scientist, apparently. So this three-year-old, the three-year-old child is at, you know, a great risk of coronavirus unless dad, who's already had COVID, gets vaccinated. (laughs) Well, look, that's not the only good news I've got for you. Okay, because that might that might seem a little depressing, but fear not. Who's in the mood for a feel-good story to end the show? Because I do have to get out of here, unfortunately, a little early this week. I'd like to do a longer show. So next Friday, I'll do my best to do a longer one. So press 1 in the chat if you want a feel-good story to end the show tonight, or press 2 in the chat if you're like, no, bring on the pain. 1 in the chat, I want to feel good. 2 in the chat for, you know, govern me harder, daddy. looks like the twos have it so look i'll give you the good news i was only going to play two anyway (laughs) that was the game i only had one option press one in the chat to feel good press two in the chat to govern me harder daddy it was always going to be two even if you voted for one i would just play this as number one it was so it was always going to be govern me harder daddy you never really had a choice. The illusion of choice is what we, you know, is, that's the that's the stuff we deal in here on this show. But there is no real choice here. This is a track, a train track of destiny, and we're all on it together. And hopefully soon it will derail and consume us in a hellish fireball. One can only hope. So on the way there, let's shovel a few more tons of coal into the engine and see where we end up. Well, there's growing outrage this morning after Queensland Health denied a Sunshine Coast boy with cerebral palsy an exemption to quarantine at home. The six-year-old returned from the United States with his father after undergoing major brain surgery. Lenny Silvera and his father Fabio join us now from Hotel Quarantine in Sydney. Fabio, thanks for your time this morning. I mean, what an an ordeal for your family. Just how tough has it been? Yeah, thank you for having us, Lenny at the back there. Yeah, um, yeah it's not an easy journey. Um, 
it's a long story, but basically Lenny has several poles and he needed this surgery that is not available for him in Australia. So that made us go in the middle of the pandemic to America. Oh, so why? hang on. Why I've been told, you know, my education system has taught me, um, you know, and the corporate media tells me that the American health system is like the worst in the world. Why would the why would he have to go to America? <laughs> uh, but why would you go to America where they don't even have free healthcare? Why would you do that? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Funny, strange that, isn't it? Every time there is like some cutting edge um, surgery or treatment that somebody can over that somebody can take, whether they're in. Australia, New Zealand, fucking China, the UK, Europe, they all they all seem to go to America. Why is that? I guess it's because the American health system is like the worst in the world, obviously. Because rem- remember Michael M- Michael Moore, like, you, you know, you can get better healthcare in Cuba, apparently. <laughs> the medicine is cheaper in Cuba. Why aren't they flying to Cuba to get their their heart their you know, their fucking life-saving surgeries? I feel like somebody's not being honest with me here. Uh, in the middle of all the uncertainty of returning flights, and uh, we left half of the family home. We left mom and two other children, and went to me and Lenny um, to have this surgery. Surgery went well, but for sure, uh, our tickets were cancelled. So for three weeks, uh, we stayed in a drama to not knowing if we'll be able to make back home before Christmas as thousands of Australians is stranded overseas. Yeah, With help wonderful. of our local federal member and the embassy yeah. in Chicago, we, we made it last Friday. But then we hit a wall with uh, Queensland Health Exemption Department denying us uh, entry in, in Queensland. Okay, so Queensland Health, okay. <laughs> now, this is, what, this, this is funny on like a local level because... <clears throat> It's, you know, it's your very kind of progressive types that slander Queensland as being like the redneck state. It's the redneck state with the science deniers and the racists. It's like our Texas, you know what I mean? Culturally. It's like our Florida. So let me, let me just show you something though. So, but Queensland is, has gone completely crazy. This is not the first time that there's been a story involving Queensland, like denying somebody access to going home or something, even if they t- uh, test fucking negative, right? Even if all of this stuff happens. But then, you know, their their people will openly come out on television and say, well, I mean, if you play in a sports team, if you attract crowds, then we'll let you in. Like, we'll give you an exemption, but not if you're just a normal person, swear to God. So the, he's talking about, right? He's talking about the Queensland state health officials, the very same Queensland hates, uh, hate, the Queensland state health officials who said this, ladies and gentlemen, all of us will be infected. Queensland in panic over reopening. Queensland's chief health officer has issued a grim warning to residents claiming everyone will end up infected with COVID when the state reopens its borders. Okay. So that is the state that this chappie is trying to deal with in getting his kid who's just gone through like major surgery at the age of six, who's suffering from cerebral palsy. Uh, can't get him home despite negative tests. He's tested negative to COVID three times, this kid. 
and he's locked up in a hotel room because, hey, got to keep people safe. Because we arrive in Sydney, but there was no chance for us to arrive in Brisbane because there's zero flights arriving from America into Brisbane. Mm. So we got caught in the middle of the New South Wales, Queensland health departments that have an extremely difficult time to talk to each other and leaving Lenny uh, caught in the middle. I mean, this this is so tough. Can I just say that uh, how happy we are that the surgery went well for Lenny? Um, and sorry that you're stuck in this situation. You're in a hotel in Sydney now because it's the only flight you could get back. Queensland Health has, has basically said, look, you know, we know that the restrictions are inconvenient. Um- inconvenient. <laughs> we know we know that this is inconvenient for you. <laughs> But do remember, do try to remember that we're doing this for your protection as well, okay? So, yes, it's inconvenient, but, hey, guess who's keeping you alive? You're welcome. Inconvenient. Um, but these rules are in place to keep everyone safe. What is... Ah, she did it! <laughs> Can you believe she fucking did it? She fucking did it. I didn't know she was going to say that. Minister of Hardware the Diamond. Is Queensland worse than Melbourne then? No, they're all kind of fucked. Uh, they're all fucked in their own special ways. How do you like that? She said the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, she said the thing. Isn't the universe just a wonderful place? Sometimes, sometimes all the planets just fucking align, don't they? Oh, my, I love it when shit like that happens. I had no idea that she was going to say that. There it is. Do remember, they're try- They're there to keep you safe. <laughs> It's, it's, the patronization is, it's fucking predictable now, you see. We all know the lines now. We know what you're going to say before you say it. We know you're going to patronize him and say, look, our thoughts and prayers are with you. It's definitely an inconvenient situation, but of course the rules are there to keep us all safe. (laughs) We say it ironically to mock you. You say it because you mean it. in Sydney now because it's the only flight you could get back. Queensland Health has has basically said, look, you know, we know that the restrictions are inconvenient, (laughs) um, but these rules are in place to keep everyone safe. (laughs) Wonderful. Just wonderful. What is your message to the Queensland government this morning? Uh, Look, uh, I'll look say to them that I understand the series now seriousness of the situation, the COVID pandemic and uh, the consequences of any exemption given. But we are talking about a six-year-old boy Mm. that needs uh, uh, extremely intensive uh, rehabilitation physiotherapy program after just like 20-something days uh, after his surgery. Um, (laughs) Well, this remember, I know it's inconvenient, sir. Inconvenient. But they are, remember, these rules are there to keep you safe. So, you know. And we are more than keen to follow any, any uh, requirements from the Queensland government. We know there's a home quarantine trial. I mean, he, he clearly sounds like a bioterrorist to me, doesn't he? Does he not sound like a dangerous kind of criminal type to you? Clearly, I mean... Sounds like an extreme kind of science-denying type of person, if you ask me. Obviously. 
I mean, who knows? Who knows this cat's real motivation? Maybe he's just trying to get back to Queensland so he can start, you know, the next white pride movement. We have to take these things into consideration, folks. He's saying all of the anti-vax dog whistles, you know, I understand the government's position, I'm willing to comply with whatever order. I mean, this is how they mask their anti-science rhetoric. In compliance, in the language of compliance, which is also white privilege. Because white people, you know, they can comply and the system loves them and looks after them and the patriarchy as well. I mean, think about all of these factors. This is what we do in news. Going on there. We, I am fully vaccinated. Really? Lenny and I we have been Double protected, fully three protected. times in the last 10 days. So it's said that uh, Lenny cannot follow his doctor's prescription. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trust, the, trust the doctors, trust the health experts. But my health expert wants me there. Uh, no, we trust our health experts. Sorry. Your health expert is a quack and a science denier. <laughs> But it's this boy's personal doctor. Well, clearly he doesn't know what he's talking about. Now listen to the woman with bold frame glasses. Uh, to follow the best uh, therapy uh -huh. for achieving the best outcome of this surgery. Okay. And it's said that you're in a time that for the fear of this virus, uh, the government don't see what's best for a kid with disability. Well, look, we really hope, Fabio, that you and Lenny can get home soon, get back to your family and that everything goes well for you. Thanks for that's joining. Very, that's, that's very helpful. Thanks. We really hope, we really hope that um, you can see your way through these inconvenient laws which are there to keep us safe. Okay? Thank you, Lenny. Good night, everyone. Good job, everyone. Another, another state protected by the health guidelines. All right, that's it. I'm getting out of here. Thank you to everyone for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back next Friday and Saturday night with Joy Pessy. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight. Uh, until next time, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.